0: Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my dear friend and colleague, uh, the Reverend, the doctor, Michael John yep. Berg. Um, and very happy to be recording here today. Summer is upon us. We have been various different places, but we are trying to stick to the recording as best we can. Um, at least I know Mike is committed to that I am committed to that. I, didn't we have a guest for a while? I thought I we can't had a, what
1: that, what a that somewhat guy regular
0: happened. guest that used to sit over here. Um, I don't remember his name, but uh, he must have quit or something, huh? <laughs> but uh, uh, Michael and I are hoping to keep some content coming through the summer. We wrapped up our Luther Winging It series, so it's a great time to go back and listen to that now if you if you haven't already. There were only about uh, 70 sessions, so, I mean, this is a nice – I would say a nice weekend video. Yeah, it was like a nice weekend. <laughs> if you're driving somewhere. Um, but we are hoping to pick up with a new Winging It series at some point, if not this summer, then in the fall semester. Um, but we are going to be recording today on a topic that I think Michael is going to like, but I have not She's, told him yet. Can not you told confirm me this that? Yet. Because I want to toss it to you, and then I want us just. Uh, this came to me, and then I've tried not to think it through too much myself, also, because I want us to just. What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw you a thesis, Michael, okay. and then we're just going to spitball, if this were true, what, all, what implications would there mm-hmm. would there be? So that's what we'll be doing. We are part of the 1517 Podcasting Network, encourage you to check them out, 1517.org, has all sorts of resources. They have a publishing house, they have an academy with free courses, they have daily blog devotions. <clears throat> um, you name it. Annual conferences. Yeah, um, and Michael and I are planning on going to the San Diego mm-hmm. conference uh, this year. I believe our lovely wives are mm-hmm. are both going as well. I would say if you want to meet us, that's a great opportunity to do so. But um, Michael, can I be quite honest? Yep. Um, I don't like when a lot of just people come up and. Well, and talk I, I don't to even know, don't know that
1: people would want to meet us. To be right. honest with you. Yeah.
0: Um, I, can't, just I can't even imagine yeah. that scenario. If you see us and you're a listener, come say hi. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, I was at the Michigan District Convention with friend of the show and regular guest, uh, the Reverend uh, Gregory Lyon mm-hmm. um, of Wisconsin Lutheran College Campus Ministry. And I did, in fact, have a number of people there who I was very happy came up and talked to me and talked about the podcast And uh, um, had some compliments I had one guy who said uh, You're the one who makes it twice as long As it needs to be No, me And I laughed I mean, it's probably true But he was very direct He didn't butter me up with like a compliment or anything He likes the podcast But he apparently didn't like me So I assume he likes you And maybe he likes whatever That other guy that used to come on Yeah, he's not wrong Roundhead He's not wrong mm Mm-hmm I'm doing it right now. That's right. Um, But I did have one guy who came up, and I thought this was, um, this is the kind of listeners I especially enjoy, and I'm glad we have. And he said, uh, I just listened to your episode on funeral sermons, and I realized I had just preached a terrible funeral sermon. (laughs) And he said, but then I had another funeral after that, and I think I did much better. And and I said, you know, I have a box in this room with the baseball cards and all the yeah. other stuff that Mike does want in here. Um I have a box of uh about 10 years worth of sermons. Do you really? And there's a lot of bad ones in there. Oh man. So why you, uh why do you keep that? Because I like to look back and remember that God uh sometimes grants growth. Yeah. Um but I thought that was a great comment, honest comment, and if that isn't the Christian life um for yeah. me as well. Um so I was I was glad to hear that. So we're going to make our way to the main topic, which I'm not going to tell you what it is. We're not going to have a free-for-all, but anything you want to share about summer life so far, Michael? Did you build anything in your backyard? Uh, we, I did in spring. Okay. Um, anything you want to share or just no, personal? I,
1: I think we already talked about it. I built, put fence and extended the uh, pool deck and built another deck. Okay. And
0: then you had bees or something that were attacking oh, your pergola, right? Oh, carpenter bees.
1: This is a real thing. Carpenter bees that drill holes. It's the craziest thing. Did you get rid of them? Um, I've been killing them one by
0: one Like with, uh, swatting them or? My bare hands That's why I love you, Michael Yeah Um, you've been grilling? Yeah, a little bit Just Do you exclusively use the, uh, what is it, the wood grill? A Traeger, yeah Is that the one you use yeah. now? Yeah, uh, yeah I, If I ever get, like, a property that's,
1: like, out in the middle of nowhere I'm gonna, You will someday, I know it. I'm gonna build, like, a, like, a wood fire grill A kiln? Maybe that, too Mm. So I think i, I got to do this.
0: some I got to uh bone up on my masonry work. Do you use your other grills at all or you No, you? they're done. Okay. See, I've got a Weber gas grill and I I've been grilling like every day. I grilled twice yesterday. Nice. I grilled brunch and then I grilled dinner and I uh I think I messaged you this but I joked with my wife I said uh, I might need to to up my, up my uh yeah. my white man grill game yeah, yeah. and she immediately knew I I meant that grill that yeah, you and Borderland yeah. have. She said no.
1: Well, I, I think that maybe you could borrow it and then make something nice and she would taste it and then she'd be like, it's worth it. She's not like spending money. We could maybe go through like, how many grills have you had in your married life?
0: How many gas grills? One gas grill, I think. Okay.
1: Uh, how much money have you spent in your life on grills? Under a thousand, okay. for sure. Well, I mean, the Traeger's under a thousand. And it's going to last for a very long time. Yeah,
0: We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to have you over for a barbecue, mm-hmm. you and Amanda. Mm-hmm. And what I want you guys to say is this was good, but then just work in. It would have been even better on the Traeger. Oh, I can I can take a bite and like
1: immediately spit it out. No. And no, then say, was this not smoked?
0: That, properly? Yeah. Maybe don't spit it out, but say that because I want her to be like Wade's getting good at grilling. Because yeah. if it's... Like I'm, you know what I mean? It has to be, this is, you're doing really good for gas. This
1: is an investment in the possibility that Wade would, part of this argument too, is like maybe you would cook more. Right. And be healthier. Mm -hmm. And you probably save money in the long run. Yep. Yep. I could run some numbers for you. Okay. It wouldn't be that hard.
0: Well, just, we'll keep it in the back of your head. All right. All right. With that, Michael, how about you share our disclaimer? This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our
1: employees. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism. Because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way.
0: Brings us to our main topic, and here, Michael, is our main topic. We've talked about this a little bit before, um, but not like this. And I would say it's summertime. I don't know if you realize that, Michael. Mm-hmm. You're staying very busy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of studying, reading, and just mm-hmm. thinking, Um, and I find that um, very rewarding. Um, but connected also um, to going to the different churches like we've been talking about that I've been doing Um it just also has me thinking more about what a unique thing Lutheranism is, Mm -hmm. right? That I think a lot of times when you hear Roman Catholics talk about Protestants, Lutherans aren't even on their radar, Um, you know, and when they say um, Protestants hold this view of images or this view of the sacraments, whatever, and, you know, you can kind of be like, well, actually. Um, And obviously when Protestants are are thinking um, of uh, their own – Kind of what they are. They often uh, are kind of excluding a lot of Lutheran views, mm-hmm. like the OG Protestant mm-hmm. views. Um, but one of the things, for better or worse, um, is you go to a non-denominational service. You can tell what the the focus, the center of that service is, and it's the the preacher and the sermon. Um, you go to a Roman Catholic mass, and it's the Eucharist, mm-hmm. right? And the priest, insofar as he plays a role in it, but definitely the Eucharist. And Lutheranism, right? Ideally, falls in between that. Um, but I think, uh, right in the in the century since Luther, especially in the American setting, um, we wouldn't say. It leans closer to Roman Catholicism on the, the spectrum now. Um, but so this has me thinking about, uh, I want to throw out a thesis, and you can tell me first if you agree with it, and then we can talk about the implications of what if we actually, if this were true and we believed it.
1: Can I then have an antithesis, and then we f- form together a synthesis? You want to get Hegelian? We can a, do that. A synthesis at the end, I'm cool with which that. then g- leads to the next podcast session. That would be fine with me. Our synthesis will turn into a maybe thesis. the next
0: podcast session should be the antith- antithesis. Yeah. So that it's because it, the historical process needs time. Okay. Okay. Here's my <laughs> thesis: the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, um, communion, the Eucharist, is Christ's very body and blood given to us. For forgiveness, life, and salvation on the night on which he was betrayed, right in the middle of Holy Week. Yes. That's my thesis. Do you agree with that? Your thesis is that that happened? That not just that he gave this, but the Lord's Supper is the very true, real, present body and blood of Christ for us. For forgiveness, life, and salvation, yeah, okay, I agree with that, okay, if we are a church that believes that if yeah, what do you think would be some implications for theology, worship, vocation, yeah, so do you see where I'm going here? yeah, I do, um so, like if a visitor came,, yeah. let's say, for a month, yeah. Would they would they get that we believe that and, and if we do believe that what how does it impact the Christian life anywhere you want to go but but let's just say in here this shouldn't be a controversial discussion right um because if if we're good at anything as Lutheran's um, historically it's confessing doctrine mm-hmm. and I think um, we all on paper say this is the the case right this is what what we believe but it's interesting to me we will talk about the power of the word and that clearly trickles through to practice and mm-hmm. how we do things mm-hmm. uh, you see what i'm doing here mm-hmm. and this is not like a, a rant vent this, mm-hmm. this is just me going to different things and you look and you go this is clearly important to them mm-hmm. um but it also if we we're going to use the roman catholic example their view of the eucharist animates the christian life mm-hmm. right it is um uh it becomes the model for what it is to live the christian life it is the um it is uh the um the source of it mm-hmm. um right uh so i'm going to let you open it up so it's not just me um
1: well maybe just the
0: um
1: first thing to mention before I go any further is if we believe this and uh this is going to sound terrible Do you like this topic by the way? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh it's going to sound terrible um but I'm not sure we always
0: do. On paper, we do. And can we just, we'll add to the disclaimer for today. I don't think we should have to say this should sound terrible because if you want to listen to this episode, if you agree that the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. Holy Communion, Eucharist, whatever you want to call it, is the very body and blood of Christ given for the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation on the very night on which Christ was betrayed. These are just things that If you don't, if don't, if they don't click for you, you should at least be open to thinking about if that thesis is true. So let's get Mm -hmm. rid of the apologizing or it's terrible Mm -hmm. because this is part of what I'm getting at is that this, any of this would even be controversial, but Mm -hmm. go ahead, Mike.
1: Uh, I think we just sort of assume that our people, A, know the doctrine of the Lutheran church and B, really do believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, um how many times do we say listen what the roman catholic church actually states in the catechism and the majority of roman catholics that you probably run into don't
0: even know that it's something that i saw a statistic the other day something like 60% of um roman catholics do not believe in the presence of christ the okay. real presence yeah. transubstantiation and if that is the case with it being the the height and summit of the mass yeah i can only imagine in our right. circles
1: and and if you, i i think you're you're fooling yourself if if you think you everybody that you're looking over in your pews speaking to pastors right now believe everything that the that the lutheran church has stated it believes uh you know in the in her confessions right along with that uh i think you know if if uh if somebody was transported from um the 1500s to here to a Lutheran church and, uh, and observed our worship and then said, do you think that they really believe that Christ is present? I don't know what the answer, I would not be confident in the answer.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Especially maybe somebody in the late 1500s and, and 1600s who had maybe gone through a forced union with some sort of Calvinistic leaning, uh, uh, a group of people, which is where
0: kneeling comes from, as right. an, an act of confessing all, all, sorts, the presence.
1: Of, all sorts of these things, yep. and um, so or or probably yet we do believe it on paper, but we don't really ever think about it. it. It doesn't, as you said, animate our life. I would argue that baptism, um, falls into the same category that we're ready to stand up, it's a little bit different, we're ready to stand up for infant baptism, but. Uh, the doctrine of baptism does not animate my, I don't think of myself, the average Lutheran in America does not think of themselves as baptized, right? So if I would ask the average Lutheran in America, why are you going to heaven? Uh, There's three answers that are acceptable. One is um, Jesus died on the cross for me. The other one is I believe. And the third one is uh, I was baptized. Um, I think that the third one is, it will probably be, uh, in this uh, imaginary poll, number three, but maybe the most fullest, if understood correctly, right? So, does
0: um, it doesn't animate our life? So, back to the original question. So, um, and, and maybe if you ahead. can just throw a line in there, it's almost as if sometimes we're better at confessing that non members can't have yeah, it yeah. Yeah. than at confessing. Yeah, what it is. Yeah. And or a lot
1: of times I'll I'll see people were basically just right-wing evangelical baptist Methodists something who happen to believe in infant baptism and the real presence of holy communion as if those two things did not um find itself or th- that that there are not implications that go through the entire corpus of doctrine.
0: Right. They're just an They can be treated as if it's just one part of or one aspect of our theology. And I'm
1: not making this up. I mean, I've heard this verbatim from lots of different people, right, who probably should have known better. Um, So if we truly believe that Christ is really present there, what is the implication for, for our lives then? Well, I think I would start off with the very obvious that he is close to us in a very real way.
0: Um, and, and I think if... It, it kind of blows um, deism out of the water. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it also blows out of a sort of a semi-deism, which is probably what you would, you could sort of characterize American theology, right? Uh, very first article, God is up there. Uh, very father, this is my father's world. Um, sleepy Sleepy father, grandpa up there. Not really, all that involved in our life, other than he's got a plan for us, mm-hmm. right? It's always about God's plan for our
0: job and in our marriage, for yeah. sure.
1: And uh, uh, at, which is ironic because it's it, it's also a very individualistic mm-hmm. America. It's an individualistic Deism, which is though that's an oxymoron. But what I'm after here is Jesus is not right here in a very physical way. He's sort of in my heart, which makes no sense at all. He's looking down. I always love
0: that he can be present in evangelicals' hearts, but not in the bread and yeah, wine. That's right. Um, he is. He's just sort of.
1: He's kind of a Catholic saint. He looks over you. Mm-hmm. A patron. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's sort of there, and he's 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 your. Um, your cheerleader, Jesus is a, is pro Wade. Go Wade. Um, but but he is he is not going to encounter you in a very awe-inspiring, fall flat on your face kind of way, where a Roman Catholic, at least uh, one who is I think serious about religion, would under a devout Roman Catholic. Uh, uh, res- <laughs> totally understand the presence of God to the point where uh, unfortunately, because it's based on often on law can be turned into the famous Roman Catholic guilt. Right. Um, or the idea of, um, maybe even in, in, in other places more so than in a, in a Western scientific rational, uh, era, uh, uh a statue that cries or bleeds. Um, some sort of physical, um, appearance to somebody, which we dismiss, but the the theology is sort of there. It's just misused, right? That God is there. Right. So I, I, I think the first thing is how, when, when, when Jesus Christ promises to always be with us to the very end of the age, what does he mean by that? Does he mean that he lives on in our hearts like Grandma, who just passed away, does, which I believe what we mean is like a string of, of memories. um is it something is it something more? Is it law, is it gospel that That's the first thing that pops in my mind.
0: yeah, I like that a God who is present, and i mm-hmm. I guess i I cut the um, devout, <clears throat> if superstitious, Roman Catholic some slack. Because if I had to choose between a God who is present, right, Um, and a God who's merely distant and an object, like He's just data to be known, Mm -hmm. um, I would, I would, want to err on that side. But yeah, I think um, that hopefully is a, a. would become something that would animate the Christian life in some very important ways is that it really does away with any notions of, well, where is God? God is distant. Um, God is here, right? And this is where there used to be the practice um, in the divine service in the Lutheran Church, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was the case, um, that after the consecration and right before the supper was received, I believe this is where the Danyas um, day pertains to, that the pastor would hold up the host in the chalice and say, Behold the Lamb of God who yeah. takes away the sin of the world. In, in
1: some in some the Agnus Day is early on is found all over the place, but I think it it, it fits right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And um this is obviously why historically many and I just feel like there's some good solid devotional practices attached to the supper they're just going to go by the wayside because of COVID practices Mm -hmm. um that some people are just going to say well it's quicker this way Mm -hmm. or you know these these practices always come out of times of fear and then they don't go away um i'm not saying this is bad and people can't use this but i'll use it as an example the individual cups Mm -hmm. right this Connected to the AIDS scare and mm-hmm. stuff like that People concerned that they're going to get sick from the blood of Christ um, And so you can take in, I'm not burdening consciences You can take individual cups But with them that also came Little disposable plastic cups That we can now shoot like we're Kobe And clink in the um, sometimes garbage can Right Right um, maybe sometimes a little bit spruced up basket. Um, in churches, many of them old churches that had patinas built for disposing of the, um, the reliquiae, the leftover consecrated wine and the chalice, so it would go out into the ground. But now mm-hmm. we just have all that in the plastic bag that we mm-hmm. kind of um, tie up and do whatever with. And I think some of these practices now that have gone with COVID are unfortunately going to um, stay the way. Can I just throw out the obvious one that you probably Mm -hmm. know I'm getting at this, Michael, and I appreciate that you didn't go there first. Um, If I really believed that the Lord's Supper is the very body and blood of Christ for us, for forgiveness, life, and salvation, given as a gift to his church on the night on which he was betrayed, I would not withhold it from people, from my flock. I would... For church discipline, I would. Um, And I think this is sometimes where the conversation just needs to be flipped. I've been uh, Lutheran now longer than I was Roman Catholic, and I've never wrapped my head around why Lutherans, gospel freedom people, always frame this, well, how often do you have to have Mm -hmm. it? You know, and it goes back to some saying, well, Luther said four times a year, and Mm -hmm. so we had that terrible practice. Mm Mm-hmm of communion four times a year and almost this like fear of, well, if you offer it too much, like it might not be special, which we do not apply to anything else in life that is God's good gift. Um, So rather than how often should I often offer it? I wish sometimes we would um, ask uh, when, when, when are we withholding it too much? Um, Or should we be withholding it? Um, The fact that the sacrament is offered does not mean anyone has to take it. I don't know of any church that has ever trained its ushers to tell someone in the pew, no, you get up there. Oh, John, you want to join us? Uh, Pastor Borderland just poked his head in. You would like this one, by the way. Um, But I don't know of any church that's ever trained its ushers to say, you have to go take the supper. So if if our thesis is, this is the very body and blood of Christ given for us for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, um, I would think that it would follow, that I would offer that to people. Yeah, the, if it is Christ right. that is present there, right. I don't think I would want to be in the practice of telling Christ, not this week, we're good. Yeah. Especially and, when not this week, we're good usually means a longer sermon that's often not good.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, just a couple things is we're, we're we're sort of saying we're in the middle ground here between maybe a Roman Catholicism on one side and a, a Protestant uh, setting on the other side, probably more accurately is what we're criticizing. Cause it sounds like we're being, Hey, we should, we're, we're too Protestant, which I actually would agree with. But, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is we're arguing against a modernism and remember Protestantism largely, not exclusively, but largely has only known and grew up in the modern period. So rational, those, those kinds of things, split between the physical and the spiritual. Uh, we, we threw around the word deism. That would be a, a modern thing. Um, yeah, I think, uh, w- by the way, we've done, like, I, th- I think it was a two or three part series on this weekly communion yeah. three years ago if you're thinking that this is something you should go through I, I think we did a pretty thorough job we had Pastor Dobler on I think Pastor Borland was there um, I think that would be a good resource I think f- to speak for the three of us in the room right now um, once again Pastor Borland, Pastor Borland in, the is in the room, here, but he yes. does not
0: want a microphone Yeah, I, don't know, I gotta I heard... turn it on if you Yeah, can we turn it on or is that I'm gonna in try Let's try this. Which mic is that? That's uh, the mic forbeling th- used by Jason Oakland. Okay, so that's one. Or no, you're one. So that must be two. Let's try. Or that must be three. It won't let me turn it on. Yeah. Well. Well. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: I I think I'll, sp- I'll I'll speak for all three of us then. That the more pastoral practice you found yourself in, you went f- uh, away from, here's the ideal that I want to do for my church. I want to be this uh, good Lutheran pastor here. And you st- you st- instead of thinking like, oh, I got to uh, get Holy Communion every Sunday because that is this, that, that, was the, that should be the default, which I agree with. Um, or from the other side, that would be something new that hasn't been done in America very often. I want to make sure that I'm not Roman Catholic. And you started thinking about the people mm-hmm. <laughs> and you start saying um, they should have access to the means of grace. Mm-hmm it's their right it's their right and as Luther and th- what really hit me early on was actually reading the the preface to the small catechism where Luther said well you should be teaching it so that the people come down and bang on your door and demand it
0: the, and this instead is, of
1: trying to withhold it Yeah,
0: and I, I feel like you're tempering me in a good way this time, but, <laughs> um, but I would say that um, and once again this is just my experience now a couple decades um if we as a church body find ourselves in a situation where we have to be argued into receiving the very body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness given for of our success. forgiveness life and salvation maybe there's something wrong then maybe there's not just a catechetical problem but a devotional problem um and as you said, with modernism and with rationalism, um, maybe we need to become a little bit more early modern in some yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, because I think we also divide these things up as if, like, there's baptism, Lord's Supper, preaching, and these are all Jesus. And they are all Jesus. Mm-hmm. But they're all different means through which Jesus comes, right? Yeah. Um And uh, to encounter Christ in them is to encounter Christ differently. Mm -hmm. Now, it's to encounter Christ for forgiveness, life, and salvation. But he did not think them superfluous Mm -mm. in giving them. Um, And I get what usually would get tossed out is there's no ceremonial law in the New Testament Mm -hmm. because everybody read, you know, half-read someone read the Wawatosa theologians at one point <laughs> and then said it and then someone else heard it and used it, mm-hmm. um, right? But um, that's true. But the Lord's Supper is gospel, yeah. right?
1: It, you, if you get to that point where you say that, uh, I'm done with the conversation because you have not, if you're bored with, with the gospel to the point where you say, well, this is just an adiaphora mm-hmm. kind of thing, I don't know that I I want you to be my pastor. And I will say this. If you really want to play this Adi game, I would say this. True, The true practice of Adi would be to offer it and give people the choice. Because you take the choice away from them. Flat out there. And if you are going to play this Adi game, remember the rest of the story. That if someone demands something of you, then you should give it to them. So all it takes is one person in your congregation to say, I want it every Sunday. And by the rule of Adiaphora, everybody needs to say, absolutely, we're going to do it. So if you want to play law, we can play law. But you, if you play by the law, you'll die by the law. Yeah. So either way, we'll get you there. But it's better to say, holy crap, this is, um, you know.
0: Mike is had Christ's body and blood.
1: I was trying to be tempered here. One more thing. I really get irritated too, and then I'm going to, I tried to be calm. When someone uh, plays this game of like the words more important, or in a, in a one way it is right because this is the you mean the preached word. Uh, I would say the. Or you're word, saying someone separating,
0: saying, acting like it's the
1: whole the whole thing. I, I <laughs> understand. I can understand that correctly. Holy Communion, Baptism, visible words. If you want to be Augustinian in that yeah. sense, I'm, I'm fine with that. I do. Um, if someone says that the, the preach word is more important I would go okay you're probably thinking like a modern hero that's an intellectual I'm a thinking thing kind of thing fine but at some point you have to say as you play one off the other Christ chose these means not you mm-hmm. and for you to I, I think it's it's pretty darn arrogant for you to dismiss one from your point of view is not as important uh, when you're not the one that got to choose the means by which God delivers his grace. And I think it's really, really foolish for you to think that you could jump over thousands of years of history. I would argue from the very beginning, it was always about word and meal Mm -hmm. and cleansing from the very, very, very beginning. In that book. And to have the hubris to think that you cannot learn something new from the past and to be so blinded by your blind spots right now that you think in your modern age you have it all figured out and that everybody else was kind of dumb. It's just I'm not sure if you're pastor material. Oh, well, now you're going right at pastor. Now I'm, now I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Before I say
0: something even worse. Well, I'm going to throw another one out. If we are um, a Christocentric church, mm-hmm. um, and I like to think that we are. John, would you nod? You think we, we think of ourselves as Christocentric? Excellent. I got a thumbs up. <clears throat> and baptism, <clears throat> and the Lord's Supper, and the preached word, our Christ He's present in them. Mm -hmm. Well, then these things ought not be appendages Mm. to our theology, but central to how Mm. we look at life. And from there, I would unpack, for instance, um, baptism then becomes central in that its um, vocation flows from it, confession and absolution flow from it. Your understanding of suffering? That I am a new creature daily um and so also with hopefully the sermon assuming that christ is is given which i hope he is um but then in the supper too i right the supper models something for me i i don't simply go to the supper by myself i am not that individual that the semi-deist american evangelical god the the semi-deist person personal yeah. Right is obsessed with my marriage and career, but nothing else. Maybe my sports team. And, you know what else? My candidate for office. Yeah. Um but um but I am I am bound horizontally to neighbor. Um and my life is receptive. Um I receive from another, from Christ through means. Forgiveness, life and salvation and with what? with earthly elements, with staples it's very, of life. It's very objective. With bread and wine. I, I tasted it. Yes. I, yeah. And in this, I have my daily bread in two ways. I have my daily bread as I receive bodily substance. I I am receiving food. I, I st- transubstantiation to me is just still just kind of humorous, like why it was felt the need to right, to go to... Yeah. It, it looks like bread and wine, okay? You know... It, you're getting bread and wine, but you're also, with that, getting daily bread. You're getting the um, Christ, our, our heavenly manna. Um, and so I think this would be a great way to improve preaching and catechesis if we really unpack this. And if we taught it in the devotional practices with which we um, uh, surround the Lord's Supper within the divine service. Um and I would say even um right uh preparing for it or or mm-hmm. you know um, that this is a right a good historical Lutheran practice to to get, to have preparation for it.
1: I've calmed down mostly because of your very fatherly tone today. Thank you. Yeah. Um and uh I got I got a little scoldy there didn't I it's all right. I liked yeah. it. Um, I think it's because you hear so many. I mean, it's not just that people ignore it; people fight against this. Yes. I mean, like literally, like draw the line in the sand. You're a bad person if you there's people have Jesus. We're going to listen to this and get upset. Yeah. So, and I, I don't.
0: You know what the most controversial hard to... suggestion we've made so far <clears throat> that you should offer Christ's body and blood to His people. Yeah.
1: That, that was. And uh, It just, on this, I don't like to suffer fools. Mm-hmm. With that said, though, when when you think about A, the spiritual disciplines that surround this, um, the devotional stuff, just the, the myriad of ways that you could preach upon the sacrament and to the sacrament, and you look at our world that is... Trending towards being more authentic and real. Um, suffering is real. We're not going to just ignore it as a collateral damage of progress. Uh, becoming less and less a plastic world and more of an authentic world, a uh, personal touch kind of world. Um, that, that may seem strange as we're going towards, uh, you know, more... Uh, virtual reality and stuff like that. But for a long time, even before computers, there's already been a movement of nature, authentic food, all these things. And and I think that that'll be with us. And quite frankly, is something that, uh, makes the Christian church stand out as something different, right? There, this is an opportunity and has been for a long time to go to a more sacramental, uh, based Christian mission and I have a handful of books written by Protestants who have been calling their side of the aisle so to speak to this for decades now Mm -hmm. understanding that there's something missing in the post-Cartesian world thinking thing brain on a stick we're just always getting better capitalism will save everything. Uh, that suffering matters the physical matters authenticity matters Uh, Jesus as my uh, coach and uh, cheerleader really is not going to work in a world where we are acutely aware of suffering and injustice and I think seeing Jesus come to us in such in in a gritty way and suffering with us
0: the body and blood offered on the cross that's what's being given to
1: you yeah it's, it's just you're, you're missing such an opportunity to speak to people when you make as you have said the sac, the physical sacraments as an appendage that we have to do which is sort of the the early reform I think it was a little bit better, but later the reform was we have to do this because Jesus commanded us to do us mm-hmm. right it becomes something that it's just one of those things instead of it's like central a room. instead of central and When there is a, there is a line of thought that goes from evangelical to liturgical and vocational. It goes like this. If God is evangelical, that is he wants all men to be saved. He's got to do it because we can't go to him. So it makes sense that he would be incarnational. He would come down here and he would do the job living perfectly in our place and dying uh, in our place as well. And then it makes sense that if he wants us to be saved and we weren't there when he died, he still needs to come to us in real ways. So the physicality, the sacramental nature of the spoken and written word plus baptism, Holy communion. And I would add absolution that makes sense that he would still come to us. And this is uh, uh, part of the answer to the question is how is Jesus uh, here with us to the end of the age? That's one of them then it would make sense that if Christ is actually present that we are liturgical in a sense that we care and think about the actions and the words that we, that we are going to accomplish as a group when we come into the presence of God. And it makes sense that he would continue that out in the world in a vocational sense that he would put us on his masks.
0: Michael, I would say that um, you are a, a wonderful host. I've experienced this i've I've come over your house. you've grilled. Mm-hmm. Um, your wife uh has offered um I'm sure John has had this experience um nice wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell the house has been cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, dishes and other things are set out. Thought has gone into it and uh and i I enjoy those times and as friends, it's nice to have those meals mm-hmm. right. Um, meals just historically are, are central to what it is to be human and yep. to bond, and no matter what your culture. Yep, yeah, and in on the, in the night on which he's betrayed, Christ gives us meal. Um, and I would argue something else that happens, um, in the Lord's Supper that's an important reminder, especially in a day and age, when people are tempted to look to the church just for what they get as consumers. <laughs> to church shop, or to feel isolated. I mean, we live in an, there's an epidemic of loneliness in our age. People, in many ways, are more connected than ever, but not in me, in meaningful, substantive ways. Um, Christ gives us a meal. And if if you go to such care to have over the Johnstons, and, and, and this is not an event to have the Johnstons over it, um, it's appropriate that we, we celebrate this meal that Christ gives um, with preparation, with decorum. Um, and I would argue, too, we've we need we've talked about doing an episode on postures, and I think this would be a very good one. Um, as COVID, as I said, has got rid of the kneeling in a lot of churches, and we've gone to continuism. I get so, just some churches logistically. But it's big. Yeah, it's so. hard to kneel. But if you build a new church, work on this. Um, For many Lutherans, this is the only time they kneel in church to take that posture even. But to go, and to go, whatever, stand, kneel, whatever. But if you are kneeling even, to go and to kneel with your brothers and sisters. Right? You're coming out of your pews where you're sitting in your pew where you individually sit with your family or, you know, whatever the case may be. And to go... To be ushered up, to be told, "All right, come up here," and to to your left and right, be by whoever you happen to be by. And in in reverence to God, whether it be bowing your head or kneeling, um, to 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 show reverence to Christ who is present in this supper for you, with brothers and sisters, not alone, as a foretaste, as a reminder. That just as God has called you out of that, whatever community you come from, to this table, he will call all of us out of this world um, to heaven, right, for a, a, this is not, this will be a feast, this is not going to be an individual, uh, whatever, so also we'll be called into heaven in, in the same way, um, and what a, what a glorious day that will be. Um, that is powerful, and it ought to be powerful. I used to have, with marriage counseling, a practice that, um, when I had couples that were just at each other's throats, um, I started doing this, and maybe this was bad pastoral practice, you can tell me if so, but I would say, you know what, the night before communion, I want you to dwell on all your spouse's sins, everything that drives you nuts, just Think them all out. Write them out if you want. And then Sunday morning, I want you to go to communion. And I want you to kneel next to each other. And I want you, right, if your spouse gets communed first, to watch what the heavenly bridegroom does for this wayward spouse who has sinned against him much more than he has ever sinned against you. And then watch what that heavenly bridegroom does for you as well. And I would say it had almost 100% success rate. Right? Yeah. That they came back in tears. And the next time we met, didn't solve all the problems. No. But it was more productive. And this is an opportunity. And I would say one that's different than baptism, where we see an individual being baptized. This is an opportunity for us to remember, all of us, receive these benefits of Christ together. Because the sermon I can hear in radically different places, depending on where I'm at or what I'm looking for. And I would argue, and John's heard me give a paper on this before, right? Preaching is a means of grace as well. And Christ's presence in preaching is something we should talk about more too. Um, It would better guide preaching, but it would also, this is why Luther says, gladly hear and learn it. It's Christ speaking to you. Um, But, but, preaching, I, I can still detach myself in many ways, and I'm just not able to do that. with. And why did Jesus do this on the night in which he was betrayed? He's telling them, you're my brothers, and you're not just my brothers, but you're brothers with one another. And where did they go when they were frightened after his death? They gathered together again in the upper room, right? That's where Christ comes to them. They they were confused out of their minds. What has happened to Jesus? But, but something told them. The family of God gathers together in this room. And then what did Christ do? He, he, he did what he does in the Lord's Supper. He came in a physical He came way. with his resurrected body and blood, and he said, Peace be with you. Um, and, uh, and, and that is, no one on paper confesses that better than Lutheranism. Imagine if we presented—imagine if the visitors came to our church and said, I want that, and I'll wait for it, mm-hmm. right? I'll wait for it as long as I go. In contrast to— Which if is they,
1: exactly what happened in the early centuries of yes, the
0: church. Here. In contrast to if people see just kind of this muddled, we've got to get this through as fast as possible, whatever else, why shouldn't they be upset that they can't have it? It doesn't seem like a big deal to have it, does it? Mm-hmm. It's just an assembly line. But if they actually saw um, conviction that something is happening there, oh, I want that, right? I, I, I would hunger and I would thirst for that. Um, and that, I would argue, that even becomes evangelism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, rather than we get these guests, imagine if you had me over And and you hid all your best stuff and you just microwaved pizza rolls because you don't want to offend me for some reason, right? Um, and, And maybe that's sometimes what we do is we put away the best stuff because, well, it might offend someone or they might not understand it right away. I've never understood why would you want to put the commitment into learning about something and becoming something. That it does take if there's nothing to grow into. Whereas if you show me, right? I don't want to see like a, if if you're trying to get me to join your gym, I don't, I don't want me to be the progress pick, Mm -hmm. right? Now, don't get me wrong. I also don't want something completely unrealistic. I don't want like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. That's kind of what Catholicism does, right? Um... But I do want I do want something that I go. You know what I can. That is something that I'm I'm drawn to, right? I want to be healthier, or whatever the case may be. Um, I talked a lot. I'll throw it to you, Mike. Or if John, uh, I'm going to give my headset to John, and he can <laughs> jump in with any <laughs> thoughts he has. How much time do we have left
1: before you get any further?
0: We're only at fifty. We're okay. Okay. So I'm going to give this to John. You say anything you want to say, John Ken. And I I feel like I almost should apologize because. I said this is going to seem controversial to some people, but we said we're not going to apologize because I would just reiterate, if the thesis is true, then we should be willing to discuss these things. Well, I'm glad
1: that you said it that way because uh, you know, as I think all of us were in our college and seminary days and then early uh, ministry thinking these things through, theoretically Mm -hmm. at first and then practically in the parish, um, it took a while, took years to like, crystallize these thoughts in our in our minds and um i mean and it's not like we were geniuses or whatever every catechism class has that kid that says hey if communion's so great then why don't we have it more and then the pastor goes uh you know and then has no good answer at all and so i i think that the two things that came have crystallized for me in this debate um one is we mentioned already before, this is about access to the means of grace. This is about access. And if you want to play the adi offer game, we can play that adi offer game, but it's finally come down to pastoral care that they should have access to it. That I want the full goods there uh, when the truck driver's finally home. Um, or the wayward disciplined uh, or the delinquent is, is has finally come to church. But the other thing is... Um, what the way you put it here? If we truly believe this, then yes, there are logical outcomes to this. No, that does not necessarily mean that we fall into the trap of creating laws where there are, are no laws. That's that's not that, that's a logical that's an illogical leap, right? And the accusation that says, "I think we should do this." the accusation that uh, now all of a sudden you're, you're, um, you know, you're, you're a legalist when actually you're trying to want to give people the actual gospel is just beyond That's why you get so frustrated with this, right? Or if someone says it's my gospel freedom not to have the means by which I get that gospel, you go, maybe you want to rethink that, right? But back to if, if this is truly Christ, then there are things that fall out of that that I just don't think you can deny without just going overboard and way out making arguments that are illogical. If Christ is really there, that change, that's a game changer, right? And there's going to be certain things that are naturally going to come out of that. So I think those two points kind of are crystallized to me, access to the means of grace. And then if it's really Christ there, like, do I really believe this? So when I, I have a group of people, maybe that would say, I don't know about this. I, I think the deeper question is, first of all, let's start with this. Do you really believe? Uh, not just on paper. Do you really believe that, that right there in that little plastic shot glass is what you say it is? And if they say yes, then maybe the next question is, why do we have a plastic shot glass? <laughs> You know like it, it it it's this is not rocket science yes
2: yeah um <clears throat> sorry to jump into your conversation uh <laughs> midstream and uh look forward to going back in here in the beginning i just came up to say um, all the stuff that i had to carry from my car over to the wrecks i'm done carrying all that so I, thank I, you uh <laughs> brothers uh for your help mike I, I tried calling yeah, i really appreciate that <laughs> and uh, um no i will just Uh, say this and like I said look forward to hearing the conversation so just yesterday again the privilege of handing uh, the Lord's body and blood over to a recent adult confirmand and I would just say uh, the tears that have streamed every time she's communed since she's been confirmed and that's one of many and the opportunity uh, to receive that gift but also you pastors to give that gift and I'm on my way to the hospital to do the same now so um, so I'm glad that there are professors and doctors who lead us in this conversation. Um, pastorally, I'm thankful for the opportunity um, to give the Christ and to receive the Christ. So, but again, all the things have been carried. Thank you, Wade and Mike, for your help. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I uh, you know, we we're still young, but we're not rookies in this. You know, but I think for Wade and I. Um, we've now seen it as not just, uh, as preachers, but as people in the pew. Right. And that's a, that's a big deal as well. For instance, um, we had a couple college, uh, students here, uh, don't have cars, uh, haven't have been going to church on Sundays, but, um, haven't had the, haven't had the ability to get Holy communion. And they are like, this really bothers me, you know, and and the church hasn't always let's say thought about that right thought about access thought about that that college kid thought about those things other in in terms of let me give you the goods rather than um rather than um doing something like if we if we just make church cool then the college kids will you know what i mean like like these kids aren't as lame as you think they are. They're actually pretty, pretty thoughtful about this stuff. So, um, I don't know if you intended to go down this road, but here we are. Um, we had talked about, we actually did a pretty deep dive on this issue about specifically Holy Communion episode 61 and 62 every Sunday, Holy Communion. I think it was some of our best stuff. Um, I got a little angry. um, but uh, as you say, this is you know just hearing having people fight against the means of grace is a very frustrating experience. Uh, it's a very frustrating experience because uh, you know there's plenty to there's plenty of reasons that make the the pastoral ministry a difficult calling. It shouldn't be people saying no, I don't want the gospel. Though if it's the, it shouldn't be people who are normally on your side saying. But too much gospel is a bad thing, right? And I I think people are bored of the gospel, and that means that they actually haven't probably heard thoroughly the gospel. Or, just as bad, they don't really think they're sinners, right? They're over that sin thing, and now they're on to something new. So, anyway, uh, we hope that uh, this was beneficial to you. And just remember we're not trying to make laws here in fact we're trying to promote the gospel so that you can be free so um, no matter what where you're at let the bird fly I don't care what the people are thinking I'm not drunk, I'm just a jank I set him up another round I set him up another round I set him up another round One more round, won't get me down I don't care.